Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Summer is almost here. We've already had a number of drownings, boating accidents, uh, people getting caught in rips. I thought we would just put the spotlight and focus a little bit on surf lifesaving, not just the volunteer side of it, but also just have a look at what is coming up from a sporting competition. So Zach Franich, who's Member Services Managers at Surf Life Savings Northern Region, joins us. Zach, good evening. Welcome. Mark, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, already a number of drownings so far, and summer's not on our doorstep just yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really regrettable start to uh, start to November, and I guess uh, I'm just really pertinent time for everyone to remember um, that we do live on an island, and uh, not many of us know how to use the waterways appropriately. So when we do head to the beaches, making sure we're being smart and uh, going to firstly a patrolled beach, and secondly making sure we're swimming, swimming between the red and yellow flags. Yeah, it's easy. It's hard. it must be hard though, Zach, isn't it? Because a lot of people just carry that sort of mentality. It won't happen to me. Um, but I think statistics, history will show that the ocean, uh, it knows no names, it knows no socioeconomic backgrounds, um, and it doesn't define anybody by the colour of their skin or their race, etc. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, you know, um, like you just said before, uh, I think there's a, a bit of bravado, bravado, especially around Kiwi males at the moment, who overestimate their ability uh, with what they can and can't do. And you're right, the ocean takes no prisoners. And uh, it, it doesn't matter uh, who you are. If you're not careful, you can get into a tricky spot very quickly. Mm. And how do you also get to remove that mean, that mindset, particularly for, say, oh, look, I, I don't want to stereotype, and I'm not sure on the statistics, but let's just take that 18 to 24-year-old male. Oh, I'm not going to swim between the flags. I'm too cool to swim between the flags. H- how much of a challenge is that for the life clubs, uh, for the surf life-saving clubs and for the northern region and surf life-saving New Zealand, et cetera? Oh, it's a massive issue, and I think, you know, couple that with... Uh, we're very lucky to have amazing beaches on our west coast, um, but a lot of those are also accessible by vehicles, um, by four-wheel drives, uh, and it uh, just makes it a more challenging prospect when you've got um, people, you know, up and down the stretch of, say, the Murawai uh, coastline. You know, you can go 30 k's up if you want, um, and it's pretty unrestricted, right? So, um, like you say, young people... Um, but not just young people, a lot of middle-aged people as well, um, just sort of thinking that, you know, like you said, it won't be me. Um, this doesn't happen to me, but invariably um, every now and then it does. Mm. Uh, Zach, look, I, I want to encourage people out there, if you think of donating to a charity, donate to Surf Life Saving, donate to the local clubs. How well-funded is the organisation and how challenging is it for the clubs to make sure that they have the resources, that they can man the beaches, that they can um, put patrols out and that some beaches have professional guards in place over that sort of um, really busy summer period? I mean, I think like every club's really the same, and every even every emergency service is the same. This is not enough to go around, and that's one of one of the challenges living in New Zealand. But um, 
I mean, yeah, if, if you are if you are on a coastline, I would encourage you to um, sign up and especially sign your kids up to a surf lifesaving club. There's really good data um, and stats which show that um, if y- the younger people are engaged in these activities, like being water safe and being able to swim, um, then they will carry that through uh, through their middle age and pass that on to their children as well. So. Um, ultimately, you know, if, if there is a silver bullet, it is getting involved in a uh, in a water safety community as early as you can. Um, but in terms of in terms of supporting the clubs, like I said before, every club, um, every club in New Zealand across every every sport and emergency service needs more. Um, this summer, we'll be, we'll be patrolling a minimum of twenty patrolled uh, twenty beaches across the northern region, uh, and we're amassing tens of thousands of preventive actions. Um, hundreds of rescues and also hundreds of after-hour searches as well, which uh, perhaps the most uh, resource-intensive uh, operation that we carry out, um, and those are the ones where you just want to make you you, you really thank um, the volunteers that we have our, our brilliant membership to make sure that if you do get into that spot, they're going to come and make sure you're safe. Explain preventative actions. What do you mean by that? Uh, so preventative action might be uh, we spoke before about the 18 to 20 year olds who. Um, don't want to swim between the red and yellows. Um, a lifeguard might see a group of them walking to the water and uh, the lifeguard would intercept them before going into the water and say, hey guys, um, just before you jump in, um, you are jumping into a rip. How about we just step you know, 10 metres to the left or 10 metres to the right? Um, we've got people, good people here watching the water. Um, how about we go swim there? Um, stuff like that, removing hazards from the beach. Um, but in general, it's, it's just crowd control, just making sure uh, that the masses are, are swimming in the safest places on the beaches. Um, and they're designated by by the lifeguards at the given beach. Mm. Uh, Zach, I've spoken to a lot of people who want to put their hand up and become volunteer lifeguards, and some clubs are screaming out for more lifeguards. But one of the big barriers is they look at it and go, oh, but I've got to be a really, really good swimmer. Yes, there is a swimming component involved to it, but a lot of rescue in these days. And uh, uh, Again, break that down for people. What are the swimming requirements? How easy easy is it to achieve? And how much rescue is actually done through swimming and how much is actually done through IRBs and um, other pieces of equipment these days? Well, I think, again, the majority of our rescues are done um, with our IRBs and our rescue watercraft, those are our jet skis. Um, The swimming swimming requirement to sit your lifeguard award is to complete 400 metres in under nine minutes. Um, that that can be that's a very achievable standard. Yeah, I was going to um, say that, that knowing knowing swimming as well as I do, and knowing swimming as well as you do, that is a very very achievable standard. Yeah, very yeah, very achievable. I mean, it's, it's something you know, just like anything, if you put a little bit of work into it and are consistent, um, a you'll you'll get fit, which is always a healthy thing. But b it, it is very achievable. Um, but for those who just cannot swim. Um, we do have a patrol support award available, which um, allows you to participate in patrols, operate the tower, use the radios, and be a critical part of our life-saving operations without needing to complete the swimming component, um, which we're seeing a large uptake in, uh, in, um, in um, the general population opting for that type of award. Mm. Um, but, I mean, the gold standard really is, um, really is being a lifeguard. Um, again, data shows that those who can swim are able to identify people in trouble in the water quicker and more effectively. Mm. Television shows like Bondi Rescue, Piha Rescue, have they had a positive or negative effect? I think overall it's been a net positive. I think, again, it's just, um, it just really illuminates how, how vulnerable people and the general public really is to, to our waterways. Um, they are incredible, incredibly dangerous um, stretches of water, particularly our west coast. Uh, and it's really easy just to get caught out in, in, in a bad spot, and it can turn on a dime. 
um, you can be in one spot which you think is safe, um, and you know for yourself out in Murawai, there is a there is a massive tide, um, and it comes in very quickly. So you can be at your knees, relatively confident where you are, uh, and then there's a little bit of a surge, and suddenly you're up over your you know you're up over your head, um, and you can find yourself in a hole and that's not a good spot to be in. So, um, again, just the overall level of competency on our beaches, um, generally from our public, is, is lower than um, lower than people think. Yeah, just um, two. There's a you join a surf club, you become a lifeguard. There's some wonderful camaraderie that goes with it. There's a real sense of community. There is. So again, like on patrol, uh, the patrol functions as a unit and as a team. Um, and that translates across to the beach where we have our, our competitions and our carnivals. It is a massive team component, a massive social component as well. Um, it, there's not many sports or many codes where you would spend an entire day or an entire weekend with, with the guys and girls you're racing against. Um, if you just think about rugby, you might play them, or football, you might play them for 80 to 90 minutes of the time and then, and then go your separate ways. Whereas uh, at a surf carnival or a surf competition, um, you're on the beach for a couple of days, um, two to three days, um, and you're mixing with, uh, with your mates, with your rivals, um, and that just really builds into mm. into the whole team environment that comes with surf life saving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I, I do want to just move into the surf side of it. An 11 year old daughter who's um, absolutely driven, absolutely passionate about her surf life saving out the other day in some big swells on her kneeboard, uh, really looking forward to the next carnival. Uh, we've, uh, it's not a sport that I came through, it's not a sport that my wife came through, but. Um, we've become well and truly entrenched in it. We've got a lovely group of friends, group of young kids who are, are doing this together. Um, what is a message to parents out there? Why, why choose surf lifesaving as, pos- as perhaps their summer sport, say, over more traditional sports like cricket, etc.? Well, you just, spend your, you just spend your weekends at the beach and you can't really beat that. Um, but outside of, I mean, outside of that, um, it's an endeavour where... Um, people will get to challenge themselves against their peers and, and against the environment, as well as learning skills that will quite literally save the lives of themselves or a fellow member of the public one day. Uh, it's the sport where, uh, well, we're really fortunate. There's a volunteer component built into Surf Life Saving where when you get old enough to get your lifeguard award, you have to you have to complete a certain amount of voluntary hours before you can compete. Um, and the value that instills in, in, in our members and our athletes is, um, is just outstanding. And um, it, it really there it really does groom a, a great a great membership based on some really, mm. really solid values. Um, and the fact that you get to play in some waves and some challenging surf, um, that just adds that just adds to that. Yeah, there's also a lot of variety, isn't there? Like you might not be the best swimmer, but you might be a really good sprinter, and therefore you've got the beach sprints, you've got the flags, you've got um, clearly some open water components, you've got the toys as you get a little bit older. There's even the surf ski component. There's the knee boards, uh, and then in itself, really, it caters for every body, every different body type. Absolutely, there's a number of different um, movement patterns you can do. A number of different dis- disciplines. I mean, unofficially, surf life saving would be um, if it was classified as an Olympic feeder sport, it would be our most successful Olympic feeder sport. There are a number of um, Olympians through swimming, through kayaking, through triathlon, through athletics um, that started their, their athletic journey within surf life saving. Well, uh, Lisa, really Lisa Carrington being one of them, um, you know, clearly Lisa Carrington. Yep. I mean, and then you, you can go as far a, back a, as Andrea Hewitt in and triathlon. Yep. Andrea Hewitt, absolutely. Mm. You can go, I mean, you can go as far back as you want. Paul McDonald, Ian Ferguson, Alan Thompson, um, that famous K4 from the, from, uh, from the 1984 games, they were all lifeguards um, all the way through. Uh, you know, Moss Burmester, oh, the list goes on. Uh, this last game, there were four swimmers, uh, Erica Fairweather, E. Thomas, 
um, Zach Reed and Lewis Kleber that have surf life-saving backgrounds. Um, Zach Reed and Lewis Kleber were actually, well, Lewis Kleber was actually named uh, in the New Zealand surf life-saving team for the world champs, but unfortunately had an injury just before competition, mm. so that ruled him out. As you mentioned, Lisa Carrington, a long-time member from Whakatane and Mount Monganui Surf Clubs, um, it's a pretty extensive list. Yeah, and Zach, that was the cool thing. I went along and watched the Northern Regionals uh, Winter Pool Championships, and then I think it was the National Championships, and there was a chance, just adult members, uh, adult volunteer lifeguards who decided that they wanted to maybe do a little bit of competition. They knew they weren't world-class. They thought, hey, I'll have a crack at the 50 metres underwater with the big fins and I can surface and swim to the end. Next minute, they can be standing alongside of Stephen Kent. They can be standing alongside of Lewis Clairbert. Guys, they've just watched winning gold medals at the Olympic Games. And whether it be for five or ten metres, they get to race these guys. Isn't that cool? <laughs> well, there's not many opportunities. We, As you say, as a, as a general punter, you can go and have a crack, and you happen to end up uh, lining up against the best in, best in the world in, in that sport. Uh, it is, yeah, again, it's a, it's a real draw card for what we do. Okay, just uh, if people do want to just find out more information, I mean, clearly we can Google these days, but Northern Lifeguard Services, Surf Life Saving New Zealand, is that is that the best tool? Surf Life Saving Northern Region, uh, our website is www.lifesaving.org.nz. Um, or our national body is www.slsnz.org.nz. Uh, both those places should take you to where you need to go. Uh, and we'll look forward to seeing any and everyone on the beach in between the red and yellow flags. Zach Franich, as always, thank you for your time tonight on the program. Greatly appreciated. Thanks, I appreciate it.